take 43. Mark? Hey everyone, welcome to the Take 43 Podcast. My name's Drew Williams. And I am Aaron Colborn. Hey Ron. Yo. Hey. Hey man, man. how you doing? <laughs> good. How's things? I'm good. Good. That's yeah. great, dude. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, so just curious what happened to the first the first 42 takes, because I don't really care and it's kind of a stupid thing, but what happened? Oh yeah, well I was busy buying a ton of stock in GameStop, uh, oh. trying to, you know, bankrupt some hedge fund managers and stuff. <laughs> haven't, haven't heard about it. Don't know. <laughs> no, dude, don't know anything about yeah. that. No, uh, honestly not. Uh, the whole thing's kind of crazy though, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't actually buy any GameStop stock because by so the stonks. Stonks. Uh, because by the time I, I came around to it, like it was, the shares were already like 300 something dollars. Right. You, you're uh, a little late. What I did buy in on though is I bought some shares of AMC. You know, I think the, that makes the, more sense. I, I agree. Well, also like, I don't really care. Like I didn't, GameStop's not a great company. No, you they, know? Suck. Like, they, they suck. Like I've never uh, had like what I call a, like a great experience at a GameStop. <laughs> you know, you go in there and they You all, did, but it was in 2003. Yeah. It was a long time ago. Yeah. yeah. Now you walk in and you just get a lot of side eye and yeah. you're like, oh, you're probably expecting me to come over and like help you, you know, buy something. <laughs> you're like, no, that is fine. I'll just, I'll go. I didn't mean to bother. I didn't mean to interrupt your day or anything like that, bro. So, <laughs> but I, but I do love movies and I love movie theaters and AMC is kind of uh, something that's being looked at that they're thinking about doing the same thing with, or it's already kind of started. So I bought in a little bit, only a couple hundred bucks just because I'm, I, I only put in as much as I'm willing to lose. And I was down with, I think it was 220 bucks is what I ended up spending yeah. on, on like 14 shares or something like that. It may go nowhere. It may go somewhere. And in any case, you know, uh, it's kind of fun to be part of something like this for cool me. Story, for me bro. At least. Oh, thanks. Well, let's get on yeah, with the show. Exactly. We got Cody Warner here today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but for real, uh, yeah. we, do have, we have Cody Warner here. You met Cody at the Power of Video a couple of years yep. ago. Uh, so tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So Cody and I met at the Dublin airport. We we were going to the power video of 2019 it feels like yesterday and it's been forever because we were going to go back and we didn't get to it the right. greater part of 2020 last fall and uh, yeah we hit it off super great guy i've always liked his stuff and uh just a real humble human being has a lot of great advice i'm really excited to chat with him again it's been a minute besides the occasional instagram chat right. and uh yeah let's give, let's give him a holler what do you say let's give him a call cody what's up man so stoked that you could join us today super stoked to be here thanks for having me Absolutely, man. It's been a while since uh, we've chatted and I've seen you. Yeah, Belfast, Northern Ireland, right? Belfast, dude. Yeah, I remember running into you guys in the airport and that was super random. And uh, I was about to catch a bus and instead we all just vanned up together with a bunch of creators and then got pulled over. Then got pulled over <laughs> by the police, by the police. By the police and he was wearing leather <laughs> pants that were very tight. That was in, that was intense, remember? He just walked out yeah. into the middle of the road and like and just flagged us down. And <laughs> European cops like, or something. Okay, we're getting pulled over now. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, I didn't uh, think this was gonna be this exciting. Like, I was already in a van with some of my favorite creators, and then uh, leather pants guy just hangs out in the middle of the road, and and, yeah. Billy, <laughs> and Billy May just had to uh, hang out there and uh, talk to him for an hour. It felt. Yeah. like. Are you guys sure this was a cop? He sounds. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> what. Like, like we, we were we were fairly certain that it was like all part of some major ruse that was going to like break it into the introduction of power of video or something, but it ended up being legit. Just a yeah. cop. <laughs> You're just getting pulled over. Thought just we kidding. were going to get danced on. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. What a way to start that trip out. And we'll, we'll dive into that a little bit later. Hey, we got some warm up questions for you, even though we're obviously already warmed up. Yeah. There's very simple yes and no questions. If you want to pass, you can just say pass, uh, but they'll be very quick. Here we all go. Right. Ready? Yeah. Left or right-handed? Right. Zip up hoodies or pullovers? Oh, pullover. Favorite breakfast cereal as a kid? 
Uh, rice crispy treat clusters. Ooh, Dude, I think you're just vintage. gonna go for rice krispies. I'm like, not bad, but then you added the treats part in there. I'm like, <laughs> absolutely. All right, all right. This one's a long one. Would you rather travel to Mars and back by yourself, or share a hotel room with the most annoying person you know for a year? Ooh, uh, let's do the one year annoying person because I bet we could become friends. Come on, you can't be that. <laughs> <laughs> I, like I like that. That's good. Yeah. Star Trek or Star Wars? Star Wars for me. My man. Nice. Awesome. Sony or Canon? Sony, but only recently. But yeah, Sony. Yeah, you made that switch from uh, Panasonic, and we'll get into that soon. Uh, last one, Cody, Instagram or Clubhouse? Oh, man, Clubhouse, because it's new and fresh and fun. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's yeah, still I basically fresh. know nothing about it yet. I've heard the <laughs> word, I've heard the name, but that's about it. Well, you got to be invited, and you're not cool enough, Aaron. <laughs> that sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that's awesome. Well, like again, thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm super stoked to have you. You've been on my list for a while and um, really stoked that you wanted to hang out with us for a bit. Of course, man. My pleasure. Yeah. So like I said, we met at Power Video and in Ireland and hit it off pretty fast just because, Cody, you were really good at introducing me to people. I didn't know everyone that was there. That was my first time at Power Video. Uh, I did a panel. You did a, a creator's talk about your processes, I believe. You were really good at introducing me to people that I didn't know. So before we start anything off, I just want to say thank you for that because that was really cool and that led to some really awesome contacts. Of course, man. My pleasure. I think that's what it's all about. Yeah. I mean, we've talked so much about how connections are such an important part of this business in general. And so like that's, yeah, anytime you can do that, it's great. All right. So I don't really know you, Cody. We've, we've never spoken. Uh, I, I did some research on you over the weekend, but I'd, I'd love to hear in your own words. This is the thing I'm, I tend to be interested in is what's your origin story? What was the thing that made you say, you know, I want to get a camera. I want to start making stuff with it. You know, what inspired you? And, and, and when did you actually start being able to do it? Yeah, I, uh, it started out with skateboarding, as I'm sure like 50% of mm-hmm. the people that you talk to also say. Um, right, yep. You know, we we're skating, and my parents had a video camera and, uh, and started using it to just record ourselves doing tricks, and then my buddy started cutting up those videos and, and making, you know, cool little skate videos, and then just really, you know, just really fell in love with the concept of you do something, you record it, and then you get to watch it back, you get to show it to people, that sort of thing. And um, then I got my own video camera, uh, sort of grew out of, of skateboarding, which is probably like my one, my like, like, I'm not a regrets person, but if I had a regret, it would be that I quit skateboarding when I did. And um, anyway, started making videos of my friends, like, you know, summer recap videos, just hanging out, stupid stuff. This is with a Sony uh, Digital 8 Handycam. Oh, yeah, I had one of those, yeah. Of course, of (laughs) course. And uh, really love that and really love, like, the feedback from my friends. You know, like, I just love kind of what video, what you could do through video in in terms of capturing a moment and and reliving, reliving it over and over again. And, uh, yeah, so did some traveling after high school, did like documented all of that. And while I was traveling, made the decision that I wanted to go to school for, for filmmaking. So went and got a college, um, you know, like a liberal arts degree in communication with the concentration in film. And about two and a half years after college, started the side hustle of, um, wedding videos and, then went full time into wedding videos with a little bit of commercial, then sort of flip flopped 
full-time into commercial with a little bit of wedding videos, started a, a production company with two partners, and uh, and then started making YouTube videos like three or four years into that um, production company process and really loved the YouTube videos and, and kind of online video creation because, you know, you could just make videos about whatever you wanted to make them about. So kind of going back to like, when I was in high school and I was making these fun summer videos with my friends, that's basically, you know, what my career is now. So um, that's the that's the quick and dirty origin story. Right. Absolutely. And let's go back and talk about that production company because you got the liberal arts degree and then you went straight into wedding and filmmaking. And obviously we have much respect to the wedding videographers. I, I mean, it's, it's, it's so funny. It's one of the few things that is across, it seems like with people doing this, almost all of us have done wedding videos at some point. It's like a rite yeah. of passage. It's a good <laughs> starter. Yeah. You and know? then we yeah. stop it as soon as we're able to. <laughs> you start with skating and snowboarding yep. and then you go in production company style. You do some wedding videos. You right. realize that's not what you want to do. And then you keep continuing on. Yep. Yeah. It's a, it's a, you know, it's like you get into it cause you love it. And then you're like, well, I got to make money somehow. And, and right. you know, you're like, what is the one video that everybody needs? <laughs> and it's the, yeah, it's, it's the wedding, wedding video, video yeah. you know? So, <laughs> Um, yeah, learned so much making wedding videos. I think I made uh, more than 50, probably less than 100 wedding videos. And it just, you know, it's it's some of the most high intensity commercial documentary mm -hmm. filmmaking that you can ever dive into. Like it, wedding videos are yep. insane. So it's so true. It's so true. That's where you really, I think, learn the hustle of the business is because yeah. you're just on your feet all yeah. day, maybe multiple days. And yeah, I think this is where you, where you really understand how, how much hard work there is involved in, in video production. It's one of the only shoots where you can't call a cut. Yeah, You're right. right. <laughs> you just have to roll with it. And you can't, you can't be like, Hey, could we, could we get that again? Like, I think, yeah. um, when I was, I was doing wedding photos at one point and I did, I didn't get a great shot of their kiss like up in the altar. And I actually did come up to the couple afterwards and like, hey, could you go stand up there again and, you know, like snap another <laughs> shot? Because exactly, man, like you don't you don't get any do overs and it's uh, it can be right. terrifying. So talk about one take, you know, it's like learn. You want to learn one take. Start starting in wedding videos. Definitely. Yeah. It helps you think on your feet for sure. Yeah. You learn what, you know, you don't want to do. And that's why I still have such a high level of respect for wedding videographers. Now, sometimes when I'm at weddings, I'm like, what's up, bro? Like you give them knuckles, just right. hang right. in there, man. You know, right. I know, <laughs> I know where this. you're at. I know how you're feeling right now. <laughs> Absolutely. So let's talk about that production company and then we'll move on to a YouTube video titled, I got fired from my own company. Yeah. So what were you doing at the production company besides weddings? Were you guys doing other commercial work. You said you had two other partners. Yeah. So we started out with almost, you know, almost completely weddings, probably like 90% weddings and then 10% commercial stuff. And then a, by about a year later, it was flipped. It was 90% commercial stuff and then and 10% weddings and we and we stopped trying to book weddings like be, because we really much more appreciated the commercial stuff. Near the end, we actually did relaunch um, a wedding side because um, of a cool offering like a, a same day edit uh, wedding service where you know you'd get your wedding video on the same day that you got married because we we saw like a big need in that for the for the market but yeah we were you know we were doing a lot of some TV commercial stuff but a lot of just online video like people you know wanting testimonial videos for their website or wanting promo videos for their websites or or social. And so I, in the beginning, especially I was shooting, editing, scripting, uh, doing all of the things, you know, it was just, 
it was really just mainly two of us working in the business for the for the beginning of it and then we hired a couple of employees near the end of my time there and um when we hired the employees i really stopped doing the shooting and editing like i would still you know i'd still maybe get in at some points in the editing process and like the revision process basically if i if i knew something that i wanted to get done or i knew the client wanted it this way i'd just get in and do it as opposed to trying to explain it to an editor but uh my primary uh purpose at the company at the end was sales. I was just selling, you know, I was the one sales and marketing, I guess, basically selling videos. Right. I mean, it's probably not what you wanted to do, but I could see you being very, very good at that. Oh, no, it was what I wanted to do. Yeah, I I, oh, wow. I started um, really just hating the revision process, like hating the process of actually having to make the videos, but loving right. the process. <laughs> Uh, you know, really, the biggest thing for me is probably just because, like, you, you lose so much of your own creative direction when you when you in the majority of that level of commercial video production, because like mm -hmm. the brand or the company, they have a pretty specific video in mind, or at least the ones that we are booking. Don't get me wrong. Like, I'm sure there's you know, I know that there's people out there who are really good at this and really good at kind of selling the service of we come up with the idea to serve your brand the best. And we are trying to do that. But uh, for mm -hmm. the most part, we are just I would lose so much creativity in the process. And like I would start hating the edits by the by the time we got to like revision round six. I hated it. You know, I hated the way yeah. the video was and I and I just didn't like that feeling. So but I did love the feeling of getting someone excited about video, you know, the initial conversations around idea and, and what it could do and where it was going to go. So I took that, uh, I took that focus. Um, that was my own, you know, like that was by design, my own choice. Yeah. And I remember two years ago in my contracts, I finally changed my revision process depending upon the project where it's like, Hey, you get one vision or two revisions and there are different levels of revisions one revision has to be paid for yeah if it's something that was approved by the client on set and then that first revision is kind of your gimme and yeah. hopefully it's very minimal yep and i can see how you would just get so sick of that after six or seven yeah, tries definitely. like that's just it's part of the business that you know you have to learn to manipulate and yeah hopefully it's minimal as possible you know as you're doing good work but i could see how you'd want to move into that sales position I, like i said i could see you'd be really good at that let's fast forward now cody because you posted a video called I got fired from my own company. So how much later was this? And let's talk about this. Yeah. So that was like four, four or five years into, um, into owning the production company, coning it. I, um, I, four years in, I started, uh, my YouTube channel and I was daily vlogging. So it was taking up a large portion of my mind at least, you know, and I, Every day I was shooting something. I was kind of, and I mean, the vlog was designed around we're building a video production company. So like, you know, I was basically documenting what I was doing, the the work for my video production company. But that really started going well. And I, uh, you know, as this channel started to grow and more and more opportunities started to come from the YouTube channel, my partners and I sat down and had a conversation about like what, you know, what's the future? Like, Cody, where do you want to focus and where do we want to focus? And it was just, it was really the first time in five years that our focus had really shifted. I wanted to do more of a vlog style video f for clients even, and they wanted to continue to pursue more high-end um, 
high, high production value commercial videos for clients. So it was really mm-hmm. a, uh, a difference that we had in focus and we decided to, you know, to negotiate a, a buyout. So my partners, um, you know, it took about a month for us to kind of work through everything legally and just get all the logistics worked out. But my partners and I signed a contract for them to buy me out completely of the of the company. So, you know, the clickbait version of that is I got fired from my own company. Right, right. Well, and you know what? It makes sense. And it I totally clicked on it. And I totally watched it. But Same. it sounds like it was negotiable. And it sounds like everyone was in uh, gonna have in good faith. Yeah, everything yeah. was in good taste. And obviously, it's worked out for you. And you seem to have that kind of raw guerrilla style, but still tells like a very compelling story, which in my mind, that's what cinematic is. It's a good story, right? Mm-hmm. You seem to kind of be on that trend. So, and I, I know that the other day I saw you shooting some behind the scenes of like a music video and you were all handheld mm-hmm. while there was a large crew around you. You really enjoy that style of content, don't you? Oh yeah. And, and I think that there's just, uh, it's just two different, it's two different types of video, right? It's one is like highly produced. We have like a focus pooler. We have a, we have a DP. We, you know, there was like, there were like 20 or 30 people on that set, you know? And then the other style is just, it's me. It's kind of first person POV and it's raw and it's real. And it, and it gives you kind of a different look at the, at the process of whatever's going on, you know, in this case, filmmaking. So, um, yeah, yeah that's, it's the that's art of the art. You my know? love. Yeah, yeah. I love that. I love that kind of let's take a look behind and kind of no pretense, like nothing, nothing in front of the camera except for what's really going on and see how we can make that interesting. Yeah, I actually one of the other videos I watched of yours because politics is a thing I'm interested in. Um, right after the election, you went down to um, sorry, it's Harrisburg, right? That you yep. live in uh, in Harrisburg, and you went down there and you were kind of going back and forth to each side of the Capitol, where there were there were Biden supporters on one side and Trump supporters on the other side. And I noticed you really did that. You didn't provide like a lot of commentary except for just kind of like here's where I'm going and that's what's over there. Yeah. Um, and I actually watched it's like a nine minute video, and I think I watched the whole thing just because it was very it's very interesting to see. So I can definitely see that kind of style in you. And so, okay, so backing up just a little bit, we understand now why you, quote, got fired from your own company, which was the buyout, and why you wanted to go full-time on YouTube. But then in February of last year, of 20, about a year after that, you have a video called I'm Quitting Full-Time YouTube. <laughs> so I guess I'm curious, you know, why, why did that come about? And, and, you know, what was your plan going forward from there? And also being in February of, of 2020, that's about a month before uh, the pandemic really hit. So did that change things for you or, or what? Yeah, in in my mind, so again, it's a bit of a clickbait title, you know. It, it's right. more of a it's more of a mindset shift for me that that video was about, and I, I obviously explained in the video. Clickbait's fine as long as you deliver on whatever the clickbait is, right? So right. I, I pretty right. much ad- address it directly in the video of like, look, this is yes, I'm still going to be making videos on YouTube. Yes, I'm still going to be getting a bunch of work from my YouTube channel and sponsored videos and, and that sort of thing. But the mindset shift for me was just I want to focus more, again, on raw, real client videos, you know, videos for other people where I do get to have a little bit more of the creative control. And it, the style is very set on that kind of vlog style, um, transparent video because I started uh you know really for me when when youtube became a job it started to become a lot more restrictive i started to restrict myself at that point you know and and i didn't mm-hmm. like that feeling so i want to you know i want to do 
I want to carry any mindset I can that keeps YouTube fun and like, yes, I love making money with my videos and my channel. All of that stuff is great, but I just want it to be fun and fresh and something that is really life-giving to me instead of, you know, I want to minimize the life-draining stuff as much as possible. And that's what that's what that video is about. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Dude, you know what's a pain sometimes? Hmm, you tell. Hauling huge lights onto set. Oh yeah, that's like the worst. Yeah, I've tried more compact lights, but they just don't cut it when it comes to rendering true color. Plus, they're never bright enough. Mm -mm, never. But one day, a buddy of mine from the snowboard industry asked me to check out these new lights called Lytra, oh. which promised to solve exactly that problem. They're compact, yet powerful, and with professional-grade color rendering. Nice. Nice. Now Lytra is pretty much all I ever bring to set. Compact, powerful, bi-color, RGB, Bluetooth controlled, rugged, waterproofed, you name it, Lytra's it. That's a whole bunch of stuff. That sounds great. So you should visit our Lytra link in the description below and receive 15% off your next order from Lytra.com. I promise you these lights will completely change your approach to photo and video lighting. All right, man, I'm going to hold you to it. You know, I first found you through one of Pete's videos. Yeah. And uh, and I'm sure you get this a lot. And I think that's, that's where... Peter, Peter McKinnon, right, for yeah. everybody that doesn't know. Yeah, people yeah. who aren't sure there. So... How did all that come about, if you don't mind sharing? Yeah, that's a really fun story, and I think I'm going to give you the longer version of it, if you don't mind, because yes, I, I normally just yeah, give the I normally give the short version of it. The long version of it is, you know, I'm I'm daily vlogging, and you know who are who are the idols, right? The idols are Casey Neistat and Peter McKinnon, at least in the filmmaking niche or genre right. right so absolutely um you know love all of love all of casey's stuff really like main inspiration for starting the vlog and and just understanding that style of filmmaking kind of studying his vlogs and then peter mckinnon from the cinematography standpoint just loved watching all of his stuff but i had this i had this um rule on my in the beginning of my daily vlogging uh season where every video wasn't allowed to be more than six minutes long. And the idea behind that was, I just really didn't wanna waste anybody's time. I wanted you to be able to come to my channel, watch a quick video, and then and then get on with your day because the whole tagline of the vlog was like encouraging the doers. You know, I didn't want to make you sit there every single day for 15 minutes a day, you know, to, to be able to hear, hear the story of my day and the, and the daily vlog. So I was coming from, um, this like keep it short, keep it sweet, and and get the information or the story out there. And Pete was dropping these uh these longer vlogs, like twelve minutes, fifteen minutes, seventeen minutes, whatever. And these are like yep. like I, I hate this part of the story to be honest, because like he's dropping these amazing videos with so much time and effort. And like now you know that I try to make videos that are longer, normally longer than ten minutes. Like you just don't realize how hard it is to make a long good video until until you actually do it. So I can't believe totally. I made this video, but I made one called um, something like I I want to stop editing Peter McKinnon's videos. Then the premise behind it was um, <laughs> and like I'm clicking through the videos, skipping through the videos, just trying to get to the main storyline, the main pieces of content without actually having to watch the entire 17 minute vlog. And uh, Pete, Pete saw that video. This is, you know, this is before we knew each other. So um, 
saw that video and and it was like okay well you know that that guy's a dick but <laughs> but uh <laughs> but you know saw that saw that video and and that sort of was the first time that he saw me um on YouTube and saw that I was daily vlogging but I do think at that point um he d- he was like oh that's cool you know he's daily vlogging he's just kind of getting it done that's an interesting thing like weird tactic weird thing to kind of say to a stranger don't makes don't make long videos but cool what he's doing anyway a couple of a couple of weeks later or something he did a b-roll challenge and my friend uh audrey ember and i did a kind of a collab a long distance collab where we entered that b-roll challenge together we our 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 b-rolls kind of cut together and audrey's edit of that collab made it into like one of the videos that Peter reviewed on his on his channel and so you know like on his channel he's like this is from Audrey and her friend Cody and he does the review of it and in that video so Pete's side of this story is actually in my video of the first that first collab that I did with him he tells um, this end part of the story if you want to hear it from from his own lips but um he realized after the fact that I was this, that was the same Cody that had made that I want to stop editing Peter McKinnon's videos uh, video. <laughs> and he's like, okay, okay, touche, right? So uh, a couple more weeks went by and he had been reaching out trying to find an editor. And a lot of people on YouTube started making videos, um, like applying to be Peter McKinnon's editor. And, and I found a lot of cool yeah. people that way, you know, of like, these are people who are making cool videos and like, um, you know, you saw that in the title and you click on the video and, and found a lot of uh, cool creators that way. But I had no desire whatsoever to be his editor because I'm, I'm not really an editor and I also don't like giving up any creative control or anything like that. But he had just had a brand new baby and um, I got this funny video idea of I should make a video where I where I'm applying not just to be his editor but as his babysitter editor so that I so I could do <laughs> I could do both things you know and so I made that video and I did like a bunch of like cinematic parenting if you will like swaddling up a baby but like in a I shot it very cinematically with some swooshy uh, cinematic b- b-roll sequences and stuff like that and some 120 fps exactly all it was the whole thing was 120 and um, he he saw that video and it and it cracked him up like he absolutely loved it and was like I got to make a video with this guy like I I this is this is amazing so he DM'd me on Insta or on Twitter and was like hey come up and and make a video with me in Toronto and I like flipped out you know I was like no way I, I couldn't even believe it and uh, you know I, I wrote back I'm like now like you want me to come up right now or <laughs> what what do you think I'm outside your house <laughs> <laughs> right um, so we planned it out and it was a couple weeks later and uh, I drove up it's like maybe nine or ten hours away from where I live in Pennsylvania and uh, and we we shot two videos together he had um, a video idea for his channel where he just I had started this kind of movement called No Small Creator, the, the idea that it doesn't matter how big your channel is, like the fact that you're creating stuff is just really awesome. And don't think of yourself as a small creator because that's kind of a limiting belief. He liked that concept. And he wanted to make a video um, about that and and use me as and, and that movement as sort of an example of it. 
And then I just basically made a vlog of our day because it was like we were boating on like a unicorn raft. We were one. It was my first time ever one wheeling. It was like, like it, an intense day. So I just made this six minute uh, this six minute vlog about it. And and he still gives me grief to this day because the opening of that vlog that I shot, he um, runs out into the street and like sets his drone down in the middle of the street and then runs up to my camera and is like. You know, it's kind of it was the first time that anyone was going to be seeing him on my channel. So it was a, it was a really cool reveal. Well, to keep it within the six minutes, I cut that whole sequence short like I chopped it up. I jump cutted it and uh, and he, he saw the next day. He's like, dude, like that was comedic gold. How could you have cut? How could you have cut that up? <laughs> so to this day, I. Uh, he he still gives me grief, and but it's good. I I deserve it, right? Because um, I gave him grief for long videos, and he gave me grief for short videos. But yeah, we became friends That's right. then yeah. that day, and then um, got to go to a couple conferences with them. Went up and got to hang out again in in Toronto a couple of times, and uh, and just really, you know, became friends as a result of of getting to work together, and and as a result of the internet, you know, and and. Uh, that was, yeah, so back to the channel. Um, after that video released on his channel, the next day, my channel grew like overnight, I think 22,000 subscribers, like overnight 22,000 awesome. new subscribers. And then because of that spike, YouTube saw that spike, went and checked out my stuff. And um, then the the week after that, I, I was given Creator on the Rise. So that was another like 10,000 subscribers. So those two awesome. uh, events like in sequence really were great for the channel and that gave me a lot of opportunities then and, and you know started the catalyst towards me going full-time YouTube. Everyone says the internet is bad and that is one of the most beautiful stories to come <laughs> right. out of the internet. You <laughs> right, know? So, right. And you can tell that you guys have been longtime friends when you know we were having dinner all together with all the creators in Belfast and you guys were giving each other shit and you guys he, you know you guys were talking smack on each other i think uh you were like i want to do a thumbnail he's like i don't want to do a thumbnail here he's like the lighting is terrible because <laughs> right. like, we were like a tgi yeah, yeah. friday yeah <laughs> <laughs> we were we were in a tgi friday celebrating holiday's birthday it was really fun <laughs> but you know you could really tell that camaraderie and i'm really stoked that that happened to you but the thing is is that doesn't happen just to everyone you have to earn that type of relationship and it was very clear that uh, you had the talent and drive to to earn that. So, you know, it's a great story. And, you know, it introduced me to you. And then later, like I said, we got to meet and hang out. But I feel like all things happen for a reason, you know? Yeah, yeah I loved uh, in, in some of your videos, seeing like the, the stories of uh, you kind of like running into some of these guys where like the one time you were across the street from Casey Neistat's place and he's out there and you're like, you're like, Hey, you got a minute. And he's like, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do not. <laughs> and then Peter also just being like, he like seems like he was flabbergasted that you even showed up. And he's like, I have to go tell my wife, like this guy drove all the way here to make a video with me. <laughs> yeah. 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 I just, I, I think that stuff, that's pretty fun. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was just gonna, you know, I was just, I was just reminiscing on the adventure of it all, you know, like just, it's so fun. It's such a fun adventure life. I know, right? Absolutely. Just, just something before you know it, you're in Canada. Right. And <laughs> we have videos. We have the best job in the world, Cody. And like, even for going to Belfast and meeting and hanging out with you guys, you know, that's one of the highlights of, of my story in my life, just being able to finally hang out with the people that, uh, that I've watched and viewed for such a long time, because I don't consider myself a YouTuber. I'm more of a DP cinematographer and, you know, I have a very programmed style of, of filmmaking, whereas I respect the absolute hell out of all the people who 
that can make a video in, in a day and upload it and be satisfied with it. Whereas I have a really hard time. I, I have to plan and I have to make sure everything's perfect. The lighting has, you know, it takes me 30 minutes to set up my lighting at least, you know, and you guys can make things look good in a short amount of time and kudos to you. Yeah. That's a lot of hustle. And I don't, I don't think that's a hustle that I have <laughs> built into me. <laughs> yeah. I can do a long day, but I don't think I could do that kind of hustle where I get up, I plan, I shoot, I edit, I'm done for the day. That's just, that seems really difficult to me. So yeah big props. Well, and it seems like your content has pivoted a bit, Cody, like you're still vlogging a little bit, but it's really kind of turned to like educational content, like, you know, growing your channel in 2021 and then talking about post-production workflows on the new MacBook. What made you switch? And is that something that you feel like you're going to continue doing? I mean, YouTube has turned into this educational platform. Tell us a little bit about that. I think there's, you know, there's this, I was actually just watching a, a Daniel Inskeep video this morning. He's half of the channel Mango Street, but he started a channel recently about making money online and, and kind of in the, the finance uh, genre. And he's making like really rad videos, just very straight to the point, awesome stuff. And he made a video um, this, yes, a couple days ago, and I watched it this morning about... Um, how to become a full-time YouTuber in 2021. And he mentions in there that there's this wonderful serendipitous meeting of, um, and you know, entertainment. So maybe something a little bit more like a vlog education. Uh, so maybe something a little bit more like a tutorial and, and those two things coming together for call it like infotainment, you know, where if you can, if you can bring together the aspects of making videos on YouTube that A, you really love, but B, really work with people and and really resonate with people, like that's where you want to be. And that's where I want to be is like, yes, I do enjoy the tutorial side of things like the the education side of things, but I really enjoy the making of the more fun entertainment style videos. And the more that I can marry those two together, and also for me, it's bringing along that like vulner vulnerability, that transparentness, also bringing along collaboration and kind of like trying to give um, a bit of a platform or a pedestal to people who don't have it. But I, like, I, I love whenever it feels like I've kind of found someone and I get to share them with the people that that watch me. Like if I, as many videos as I can make that marry those three or four or five concepts together, like that's my target, you know? And so for me, it's not like, you know, when I make a MacBook workflow or like a, uh, a seven C review, or like, these are some of my recent videos, like I'm really only hitting one of those, of those things that I love about the platform. And that's fine. You know, like it's totally fine to just, not every one that you do is going to be able to logistically include every single thing that you want it to include. But for me, the the golden egg videos are the ones that really marry all that stuff together. And that's what I'm in constant pursuit of. Along that lines, I'm kind of curious, like you said, you do make different kinds of videos. How do you prioritize what you're going to make? Do you, do you plan it out? How far ahead do you plan out? Or is it just kind of as, you know, you get a new computer and you're like, I'm going to do a review on this. You know, how do, how do you decide the order you're going to do stuff? Yeah, I, I mean, I don't really do much planning. I just sort of... Um, <laughs> Welcome to the club. <laughs> right, right. Like when a when a video idea pops in my head, I normally write it down and then 
um, you know, when I need to make a video, whether I need to make a sponsor, you know, if I have a couple contracts that are like multi-month sponsorships with brands. Mm -hmm. So like if a video needs to be made, I just, I look at that list and like what looks exciting. And then, um, you know, when I just, the, the other way that I make them then is I get an idea and I can't stop thinking about that idea right. until I make it into a video. And then I just, I just do that. The more traditional way of making videos is you have to do it. So you do it. Right. <laughs> right. 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 You know, you've told me in the past that you find inspiration from watching YouTube. Do you find inspiration from watching films and TV shows as well that you kind of implement into your practice? Um, I, de I mean, I watch a lot of uh, Netflix and Disney and Apple TV and right. uh, and movies. So, like, I do consume a lot of, of content, like professional level mm -hmm. uh, content. Um I think the way that it works itself into my videos would only just be like very almost unconsciously, you know, like, um, but, but I mean, it's, it's still important. I think as, you know, as filmmakers, when we watch movies, it is a different experience for us than when someone who's not a filmmaker watches Definitely, a movie because yeah. <laughs> we do tend to dissect, you know, yeah. um, if we not the, if not just the shots it. and the, <laughs> yeah, the, the tech and all of that stuff, like at least the story. And I, I do always try to, when I'm consuming content, try to think about at least for a little bit, like what is it about this story that is that is making me keep watching this? Like, how are they using what elements of story structure are they using to keep us interested and, and how are they doing it? And so I do, you know, obviously, in every single one of my videos that I make, I'm trying to implement those sort of story concepts. Right. And um, and so, yeah, it's it definitely influences it. But I can't tell you exactly how other than it's like we're trying to make good stuff. Was well, as, as a quick aside, uh, what's what's something that you've been watching recently that you've liked? We just finished um, the morning show. Actually, I know it's older, oh, but I've been wanting that, to watch it. I've heard it's pretty a, good. It is a fantastic, absolutely fantastic show. Highly recommend it. But they just do a great job of like building tension the entire season, nice. and then the, you know the payoff on that is is just incredible. I love stuff like that. And then. Um, we recently just finished, I think, season the whatever the most recent season of The Crown is, um, yeah. which I which mm -hmm. we really enjoyed that production um, design on that is awesome. Love that show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a it's a crazy show to start thinking about, like the scale of of making it. Yeah, the morning show they're actually filming season two. I believe it just started. Yeah, so I think you're right. Yeah, for yeah. a treat there. Yep. Do you enjoy the process or the outcome more? We're talking about kind of dissecting all of mm. these films. And like Aaron said, our wives hate it. Yeah. And like, anytime I say like, well, this is, they're setting this up in this character now. So this is definitely going to happen later. Yeah. And then when she happened, when yeah. it happens, she just looks at me like, why, why would you do that to me? Yeah. <laughs> right. You can see, like, I can see 10 feet out of the frame, you know, <laughs> what lights, where it's at, where it's hanging from, what color temp it is. But you know, that's part of the process. Do you enjoy watching it at the end or do you really enjoy that process? I know it's a pretty loaded question just because all projects vary. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just love it all. I like yeah. all of the stuff. You know, I like a lot of times I really love the process of it, especially when I'm getting to make stuff with friends. And uh, and, it, and it just feels like a legit adventure that I'm living and documenting. And, and I love trying to 
to think about the story elements of real life and then like remember to record pieces of them so that it fits into the vlog later. Right. You know, I, I like that <laughs> challenge. Um, and then I, I do also really like um, once it's exported and you get to share it with the world and, and they get to see some of the little stuff that you weren't sure whether someone would pick up on. So yeah, man, I love, I love it all. I love the process and the outcome. I, I wouldn't be able to choose between the annoying friend or the trip to Mars. In right. This case. Right. Well, there's, yeah, there's things to like about both. And and then also, you know, you change over the course of time. I used to, you know, by trade, I'm an, an editor and that used to be the part of the process that I liked the most that in writing and that, you know, that evolves over time and I'm getting kind of tired of editing and I don't want to do that as much anymore. I'd rather direct. And so it's not like you're, you know, you don't form an opinion and just stay there. It can shift all over the place. Sometimes you might like, yeah, to shoot more and sometimes you might like the the satisfaction of showing the video to other people more right yeah it could be a long day or it could be a longer day you know yeah one uh, <laughs> one video though that i saw that i'm pretty sure you seem like you had a lot of fun making was so you gave your garbage man a ps5 uh yeah it was that was a super cool video do you want to just talk a little bit about that like what was you know why did you want to do that um and what worked for you about that yeah f for me like I just, I'm constantly looking for ways to use the internet for good, right? Like, because right. I think it's a tool and I think it can be used for a lot of bad and a lot of evil, but I what also, you, think? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I also think it can be used for a lot of good. So it's like, all right, there's a lot of evil out there, a lot of evil uses, but you know, what's a way that we can use it for good? So just this random conversation with my recycling collector and he's like, he randomly pulled me aside. He's like, hey, did you get a PS5? And I was like, no, because I'm not a, you know, I'm not a gamer. I wouldn't have, I didn't try to get a PS5. Mm -hmm. But I did, I had heard that they were hard to get. And he's like, yeah, I woke up early and I tried to get one. But, you know, I kept on clicking submit and it wouldn't work and, and whatever. So I went back in from that little weird random conversation. Like he and I have talked maybe three times before mm -hmm. this, like just, but random, like in passing, hey, how's it going? So this was like, it felt super random and almost like a, whenever something like that happens to me, I like, I like to flag it as like, a, okay, does this have potential for something right, for sure, yeah. awesome, right? So I went back into, um, to, and, and went about my life. Well, the next day, Marquez Brownlee, MKBHD, I saw that he was giving away 10 PS5s or something like that. And I'm like... Um, I, I told the story of basically my, my garbage man, he wants one, he, he tried to get one, he couldn't get one. If you give one to me, I will give it to him. Well, awesome. Um, I should try that sometime. You know, <laughs> yeah, he, he had his own, like he had, he was doing a giveaway. It was like a brand giveaway or something. So he couldn't just like, you know, he had his own idea right. for what that giveaway was, but just tweeting that out and putting that out into the universe, a bunch of people retweeted it. It got a bunch of likes and stuff. Mm -hmm. And this Amazon reseller who had bought a bunch of PS5s to sell them, you know, uh, had one from, I think he's from Texas or Arizona, maybe Arizona, um, Kyle Senes. And he DM'd me and it was like, hey, dude, you still need a PS5? Like, I have one if you want one. <laughs> I'm like, oh, wow. yeah. I do still need one. And so he, he shipped it to me. It took like forever to get here because, you know, the mail has been has been crazy. And the box was like torn to shreds. Thankfully, he had put it in like a pretty big box, but the box was like jacked up. Just I'm like, oh, no, I hope up. this thing is is still good. <laughs> but I pulled it out, you know, and the actual PS5 box itself was was still pretty immaculate. And um, then like I think I had to like wait an extra week because like my recycling man wasn't there the the, the next week or something like that but oh. anyway once it all once it all happened I um 
I just got, got to go out and give it to him. And he, uh, fun follow up to that. So, you know, he is blown away. He, I honestly think he thought that I was like pranking him. Like he, right. he yeah, held right. up the PS5 box like to his head to like shake it to see if it, if there was really something in there. Right. To fill the and, jelly beans um, or something. <laughs> right. Right. But, uh, but the crazy thing was he got home. He just told me recently, uh, like, or maybe just this past week, he got home and his son, who's 16 years old, was like, Dad, you got to see this video on the internet. And his son had actually already found the uh, video because I, I put it up, you know, I put it up like an hour after it happened. I cut it real quick and, and put it out on, on the internet. Uh-huh. So like before he even got home from work, his son was watching the the video of it happening. So yeah, just a, That's just a amazing. fun. That's so cool. Just a fun thing that I got to do to use the internet for good and and uh, connect someone who had a PS5 with someone who wanted one. First off, the internet needs that, Definitely. as we mentioned yeah. earlier. But are you going to kind of move into that style of content? I mean, obviously you want to do as much good as possible, but is that something we can kind of expect from your channel in the future? I mean, in a sense, I've been I've been sort of doing stuff like that. Like I did a couple of um, surprising creators with like uh, different different pieces of kit and like B and H gift cards and Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. So again, it's it's one of those things where it's like, no, I'm not planning on moving in that direction. But when the opportunities present themselves, I'm not going to shy away from making a video where I get to do something really cool for somebody like that. Yeah, when you get that flag, use it, right? When you when you right. feel like those random conversations pop up, those happen for a reason. I think that's really right. cool. I'm really stoked to hear how you got the PS5 too because obviously I saw the video and that's about all I got out of it. I mean, besides it being amazing and him receiving it, I didn't know that you went through the uh, the Twitter process and uh, that, that's really, really cool. I do want to kind of talk about the daily vlogs and then you had a podcast in the past called The Call and that was also daily. You seem to commit yourself like hard, you know, everyday type of commitment. And that's hard to do as a creator. How do you commit yourself to saying, hey, we're going to make a podcast every day. Hey, I'm going to vlog every day for a year. How do you not get burnt out? Because as a creator, I mean, I go through just spouts of burnout where I don't want to even open my computer, you know? Um, Yeah. How do you deal with that? For me, I'm just, I'm a bit of an all or nothing type person. So like for me, it was almost easier to make daily content than it is for to to make like four times a month content, you know? So like just you, when I told myself I was going to do it, I just was either going to do it or I wasn't going to do it, you know? So it was like, there was really no in between. And um, so yeah, man, it's hard to explain. I don't, I don't know a better way to explain it other than like, I'm an all or nothing person. It, I'll either sit around and do nothing or I will do as much as I can to try to get something done. And that's what happened with the vlog. It was like this perfect combination of external forces of, of me feeling like I have to get this done um, mixed with kind of this internal reward system of like, I like the way this feels. I like I like what I'm doing. I like what I'm trying to do. I feel like I have a purpose in trying to encourage people to get out there and make stuff and do stuff. So just kind of this, this really good marriage yet again of, of those two things of like purpose mixed with, um, external, uh, forces that were, that sort of made me feel like I had to, like I had to do it. And same thing with the call with Willie, it was just, 
we just wanted to make more content. We wanted to get in the podcast space and in both of our minds, he had daily vlogged the startup of one of his businesses in the past. And in both of our minds, it makes sense to just do it every day as opposed to um, weekly or something like that. So yeah, it's just, it was really a crutch. Dale was really a crutch to just force myself to get up and start doing something. Right. Yeah. You're just built that way. That's the answer to that question. That's just how you roll. And I feel like encouraging others gives you that energy, which you always have a high energy in your videos, whether, you know, I'm scrolling through Instagram and it's on your story or it is via the podcast. You know, it just seems like encouraging others does give you energy, which is really cool. hundred percent. Yeah. And now I do have to ask with that energy, how, how do you balance that with your work and family life? Because I know you're a dad. We talked about that in the past and I'm about to be a dad like any day, dude, like could, congrats, could, could, man. Thank you so much. I could so get it. I should, <laughs> I could get a text right now from inside, you know? So, yeah. um, it could happen anytime. And, and as excited as I am, I'm also nervous. Uh, how do you, how do you balance that work family life? Cause you seem to incorporate your daughters in that as well. And your wife, which is awesome to see. How do you, how do you keep that going? Yeah. Before I go there, quick fun story fact. I was on a shoot over in Philadelphia. So it's about like two and a half or three hours away from my house. I was on a shoot and it was a documentary for uh, that we were shooting with my production company back in um, 2017. And um, we were shooting and I was getting ready to go to sleep and got a call from my wife like hey i'm having i'm having contractions oh man <laughs> and i'm like oh, no. thinking okay do i need to come home and i think it ended up just being um whatever the braxton hicks i almost said i almost said myers briggs contraction braxton hicks <laughs> contractions you know it's and, fine uh, so it but but my my baby was born i believe the next day if i have the timeline right wow. so i was wow. almost on a shoot like i almost I feel that. I feel what you're, I feel this place that you're in right now. Um, yeah. It's crazy. Cause I can't, you know, I, I'm supposed to be on shoots. I'm producing a television show right now. I'm the DP of it as well. And we're supposed to go down South to Southern Utah and Northern yeah. Nevada area. And I'm like, sorry, crew, we're, pu we're pushing until March because I can't not, I can't, Get that gonna, call, dude. Yeah, <laughs> right. you're, you're, right, you're not gonna right, miss the birth right. of your child to go to a restaurant and shoot video. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. <laughs> just, just in case there's any fact checkers out there, that was actually 2015, not not 2017. My daughter's okay. Good. Six, I was gonna but, say something, but. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, in terms of work life balance and 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 all that, for me, it was never about balance. It was always about focus. It was always about what is the purpose of my time right now? And I'm just going to give 100% of my focus to that right now for as long as I need to. And then I just would really try to stay in tune with my wife, Amber, and also my own feelings of, you know, what am I not focusing on right now as a result of focusing on the daily vlog or sales for the business or whatever? Because when you're focusing on one thing, you aren't going to be focusing on other stuff. And you'll start to feel that stuff sort of rise up and start to reach out for you, reach out to you and say, I need mm -hmm. you to focus on me. Like whether that's your that's your partner actually, you know, literally saying that to you, or whether it's just a feeling because you you start to feel the gap of of uh, you know, I haven't been home enough for, 
you know, a couple of days or a couple of weeks or whatever. And so when that would happen, I would just switch focus over to that thing and focus on that for as much time as I needed to until I started to feel the other things, the other responsibilities reach up and start to and start to reach out to me and, and grab me and say, come over here and focus on me. So for right. me, it wasn't a matter of trying to find work-life balance. It was just a matter of focus where you're at. And then when you need to switch focus, switch it. Awesome. Right. Yeah. That's and, great advice. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's so many moving parts to doing what we do. So many different elements. It can shift to here or there, internal things, you know, your feelings. So I want to get a little bit speculative about this. If somebody, I mean, you have, you know, the things, you know, you want to do on your YouTube channel, your blogs and these other, you know, other videos you do. But if somebody were to come to you and give you a blank check and say, take as much money as you need, make the, the project that you want, uh, what would you do? Um, there are a bunch of sort of like dream projects that I would probably look at the list of and, and, uh, you know, and, and, and take it and, and try to do, but blank check, some one of, you know, one of the things that I've been really passionate about and trying to, trying to learn about, um, more recently is racial inequality and injustice. And I would, I would probably, um, take the money as much money as I could. I would just like write that blank check, like crazy hard high. And then I would hire, I'd hire a producer, (laughs) (laughs) a producer and a director and, um, and start to brainstorm about like, what are the ways that we can use either my channel or whatever platforms we have among all of us to, to really try to look at in a in a new and curious and intrigue inducing way the topic of of racial inequality and injustice and and bring it to people in a in another fresh way and and keep it at the forefront of everyone's minds and and try to help i think that's awesome i think that's that's a great answer better better than i could have hoped for honestly yeah (laughs) no i think that that's the dream getting that blank check and then chatting with a producer and because there's so many dream projects we're working on a short film now and we just made a fundraiser video you know and and it stinks that sometimes money is your limit on Mm -hmm. creating and also it's not so it just depends on how you look at it It depends on that scale and what you want to do right especially if you want to use it towards some kind of social change like like you're talking about having to be limited by money can be a real a real bummer absolutely for me it's just the constant it's the you know it's the constant um I don't ever want to use like lack of resources as an excuse. Like, and I think, right. I think that YouTube is a perfect example of that. Like people just shooting stuff with their phones and, and, and making real changes, you know, it's like, right. It, it literally doesn't matter. And I, I do think it, there's definitely been times in my life where I've, where I've used the lack of monetary resources as an excuse to not take action on something when really right. I could have, I could have shot it on, my rebel uh, T3I and it would have been fine. And I like, you know, so it's that constant balance of like, yeah, money would be great, but are you sure you really need it? Or are you really just trying, are you you really just being lazy? Yeah. 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 I've definitely been there. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) definitely. I, I think as creators, we've all been there. And I think utilizing that community that you're talking about on YouTube is super important. And speaking of community, I do want to shift just for a second because you mentioned the group above, but I do want to talk about uh, no small creator a little bit yeah. and kind of how that came about. And I know you mentioned it briefly 
earlier, but let's talk about that a little bit. What are some of the benefits to just being a part of that? I know I'm on the Facebook group as well and people are constantly sharing things and you know, what are you seeing out of that and what are you hoping its members can get? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, the, the concept is super simple. It's just, and, and if you're outside the YouTube space, which a lot of the listeners probably are, um, inside the YouTube space, uh, like the industry name for channels that are less than a certain size, which I don't know exactly what the size is, but less than whatever it is, are just called small creators. Like if you've just started a channel, you'd be like lumped into this category of like, well, and a small creator. And like, they didn't mean anything by it. It's not like a negative thing at, at all. It's just, that's what the name became. And um, so I was using it in a lot of my videos when I was daily vlogging and just really started hating, like in the midst of recording a piece for a video, hating the idea that I was like lumping myself together into a group that was called small. I was like, there's nothing small about this. They're like, we're, it's not, it's not that we're small creators. Like, sure. Maybe we have small channels or maybe small subs, uh, small subscriber. Yeah. Like account. small subscriber number or small views, but like you can't say small creator, like that isn't what you actually mean. And, um, so just out of that concept, uh, and out of that kind of conversation I was having with myself and my camera came, came no small creator. Um, and then I, made a Facebook, actually someone else made a Facebook group and made me an admin of it. And, uh, and then we started to, to grow that group. And then, uh, you know, it really kept growing. Now it's like, I think 4,700 people in it. And the idea behind it is just like, you know, it doesn't matter what size your channel is. If you're a creator, then come here and let's help each other and troubleshoot stuff together. And, and, uh, and have conversations about the art and science of, of making stuff. So that's what that Facebook group is. I think that's awesome. I mean, I, for me, the, the heart of what we do is collaboration with others. I think we don't get to where we, we, we're not able to meet our, our potential if we're just doing it on an island by ourselves. So I think those kinds of communities are extremely important. However, um, in terms of being a small creator, I did go back to the very beginning of your YouTube channel. And the first video you have posted on there is called the take five chase scene. <laughs> and it was posted yes. four, 14 so years sick. ago. <laughs> and it's, and it's kind of awesome. Um, but I, just, <laughs> I, I, I like going back to the roots though. And I'm, so I'm curious, you know, wh why did you make it? You know, what was, what was the original purpose of it? And, and who, who is that that's in it? <laughs> yeah. So the, the purpose was take five, which is, which is honestly still to this day, one of the best candy bars that exists. If you've not had it, <laughs> it's a, it's, it's like a pretzel wrapped in chocolate and there might be some peanut butter and like caramel in there. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a fantastic, um, fantastic candy bar. Well, they put out a competition, like make a commercial for us. Oh, and if you gotcha. win, I think I think maybe they would show part of it at the Super Bowl, or maybe that was another one. I also entered a Butterfinger one later on in my life, which no, butterfinger—that's so my jam can, right there. You yeah. can find that on uh, on the channel as well. But um, so yeah, I got one of my best friends from high school. I was in college; I was a first year in college, and um, I you know, I scripted out this chase scene of um, basically this woman gets a take five candy bar, but then this bad guy steals it from her. And then I chase him down and get it back and give it to her. And then we fall in love and we of did course, end yeah. up falling in love <laughs> and getting married. Like that's my wife. My wife oh. started the, oh, that's <laughs> awesome. That's cool. I had no um, idea. Yeah. But, uh, but so 
in terms of who's in it, it's my best friend, Kale, from high school, and then I, he's the bad guy, and then I'm the one chasing him. And I'll have you know that I did do all of my own stunts in that film. Oh, wow. So you so made that, that really is that really is me jumping off of that two-story building to in the in the in the chase scene, and that went well. And I didn't break didn't break anything, and it, it turned out. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, and I I mean I've noticed in a couple of your other videos there's some parkour-ish stuff. Is that like a thing that you and your buddies do or did in the past? Yeah, we did. Yeah, we uh, we had like a ninja squad in high school. We still have a ninja squad. Yeah, yeah. I I was I'm I was actually lying. It still exists, and I'm a, I'm a part of it. Um, Awesome. But no, we we learned how to do backflips off of walls and like we're just really into kind of parkour ish stuff. And that's uh, right. Then, you know, crazy like dream come true later on in my career, I got to go to Italy and cover um, like the world championship of parkour. And I got to work with two of these amazing park parkourists as a uh, as a result of working for Red Bull and interview them and talk about like the um how parkour influenced filmmaking and how filmmaking influenced parkour in the sport and uh so yeah talk about full circle but um Absolutely. yeah awesome. i try to i try to jump around a lot of my videos if i can no that's cool <laughs> you that give energy yeah. giving johnny knoxville a run for his money right. from that two-story jump <laughs> yeah it was, it was well i was kind of wondering if you uh it because I saw that it cuts like right as you're hitting the ground. So I was curious, was there some, was there actually a cushion for you to land on that then you then cut to the closer I mean, there up was, you actually there hitting was the mulch. ground? There was mulch. Oh, it was just, so it was just the on. natural padding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did you work with Pasha on that dock? Yeah, like, Pasha and then uh, Dom, Dom uh, were the two. And I mean, they're like insane, absolutely insane, insane um, free runners and, and physical comedy, but... But yeah, those were the two. I follow Pasha on Instagram. I followed him for a number of years, and he just posts the most crazy stuff, like rolling on a, a baseball like fence the other day. Yeah, and he, that he did stuff this is whole insane. series with that. Yeah, it's yeah. incredible. And you're like, I didn't know your body could do that. <laughs> right. I hear my it bones crunching. It doing, shouldn't like, be able to. No, yeah. exactly. It's like as as a snowboarder and doing stuff myself in the past, and now I'm you know I'm 31. I feel like I'm 50. My body just cracks. Yeah. Watching oh man, that. wait till you get to your 40s, bro. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you knew this. Aaron's Aaron's old. Yeah, I'm kind of an old dude. <laughs> young young at heart, but old in body. <laughs> All right, Cody. So um, definitely have enjoyed having you on. I do want to wrap it up with a couple more questions. I'd like to leave the listeners on a piece of advice. But before we do that, I really want to know what's next for you. You know, what are your goals? Yeah, just want to keep reaching out, keep trying to trying to make really cool, interesting, entertaining, educational videos that marry the concepts of fun and adventure and encouragement and and uh, giving you know giving people platform and like helping people to to do stuff in in any way you know probably based around filmmaking a bit but yeah, yeah. keep making mm -hmm. stuff like that well next time you come out i know that we planned on a snowboard trip last winter but then everything yeah. happened with covid and uh next time you come out this way man holler at me and we will we will do something fun i get you get you on the mountain and do some catboarding and get out there and breathe some fresh air after all this stupid stuff is over oh yeah sounds rad sounds absolutely yeah. rad that would be awesome. One piece of advice, Cody, for someone wanting to get into, I don't, I don't necessarily want to say YouTube or just filmmaking in general, just kind uh, of this sort of industry, this industry, yeah. you know, and they don't have to 
you know, just be starting, what is, you know, maybe someone who feels like they're a filmmaker and they don't feel like they're a YouTuber or vice versa. What, what's some advice you have for them? Yeah, it's just, it's really easy to get kind of analysis paralysis where you're thinking about everything that you have, everything that you don't have, everything that you want, everything that you feel like you need in order to get started, all of that stuff. So by all means, like do whatever it takes to get yourself to the level where you feel capable enough to dive in, whether it's a video production business or you're getting into weddings or you're starting a YouTube channel or you just want to make TikToks or whatever it is, do whatever you need, like give yourself the education that you need to do that stuff, but set a deadline, say by the end of next week or by the end of this month, I will have posted my first TikTok, or I will have posted my first video, or I will have reached out to my first client and set up a meeting, or whatever it is. Like, you need, we don't operate well under just sort of, I want to do this, but I'm not sure it's ever going to happen. We only mm -hmm. start to put steps in motion when we have deadlines, right? So, right, just right. give yourself a deadline and, and, and say, I will, I will do this by this time. And, that for me, it was the, was the key to starting. It was, I will do this by this time. And then for me, like by all means, if you, if it works for you to give yourself a deadline, that's a month out from now, great. But if that were me, I would wait until the night before the day that it was due and I would do it. So if you want to make the deadline tomorrow and just get started. I love that term that you used uh, analysis paralysis because that's definitely something I struggle with. I mean, I, I think over all the, the factors until you know, until just deep in the ground about it. And sometimes you just need to stop thinking about it so hard. And like I said, set a deadline and then just get to work. So I, th that's a, I think that's a term that's going to be bouncing around in my head for a little while. Love it. Let's exit through the gift shop, Cody. Let's, where can people find you? You know, what is your YouTube channel and, and everywhere, everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Be best places on Twitter. If you, if you just want to chat, that's at Cody Warner. And then, um, my YouTube channel is, slash r cody warner that's the only one that uh ironically that's the only one that isn't just cody warner but same as instagram and and tiktok is is cody warner but uh or codywarner.com really just hop on twitter let's have a little combo there cool. you go yeah, and we'll, we'll we'll link all these in the description too so so everybody can find them it was awesome chatting with you again hopefully next time we can hang out in person yeah and uh, have some more have some more fun whether it's abroad or here uh up on the mountain like i said it was, it was good chatting with you and yeah it was awesome to meet you uh super cool hopefully i get to meet you in person one of these days great to hang out with you both thanks so much yeah man thank awesome, you man. appreciate it talk to you soon what a great convo yeah man what it seems like a really nice guy i like i said to him i hope one of these days i actually get to meet him in person you probably won't but i, I cool think he probably doesn't want to <laughs> like this guy no just a lot of good advice in there yeah. and i think you know that's that's why we do this we just want to give advice to the creators and the listeners out there mm -hmm. and i think he was full of it and he's a grinder that's why i really Definitely, really yeah. like talking to cody and i've always respected him just because he has the work ethic and he's he got has, the hustle in him for sure. He's got hustle yeah. and he's got energy. And I value that because there's days, like I said in the episode, I don't want to open my computer. Right. So I don't think he has days like that. And if he does, he's coping very, very well. Right. So yeah, everyone, thank you so much again for tuning in. This was a great episode. I was really excited about it. And I was excited to have him on. Mm -hmm. If you would give us a positive review on your listening platform of choice, mm -hmm. um, review or a rating that goes a long way for us. 
kind of puts us up there on the old, it the does. old pedestal. Oh yeah. And give more people, more eyes on us. I mean, yeah. or ears, I guess I think it's ears. probably would yeah. make more sense. Yeah. I guess well, they'd see the episode, but then sure. they'd listen to it. So. Okay. Eyes and ears. Let's just say eyes and ears. They get their eyes and ears on it. So Fair. generally you're saying it's good for us. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Either way it works for us. So if you, you guys, the idea. if you guys could do that, that would be great. And again, we appreciate you guys so much. Thank yeah, you thank so much you. for reaching out. Cody's links will be in the description. We have our links in there as well. That's right. Feel free to hit us up about a topic or episode that you want to hear and take care of each other out there. Yeah, we'll see you guys later. Stay safe.